Hannah. Yes. Have you ever looked out your window and just seen pure orange? Just a, just in the just everything's orange. I can't I can't say I have no. I mean, looking at our room, I can see pure orange. But a couple days ago, I uh, I witnessed an uh, electrical explosion. It's <laughs> classic. It's pretty terrifying. We were I was in the kitchen with some other people, my roommates and another person who was over, and all of a sudden I heard like what sounded like a firework. It went off three times. And so I looked out the door, me and my roommates, and all of a sudden I heard like this bzzz, and then everything turned orange. <laughs> it was like, you weren't there, but there was a time when I woke up to a lightning strike. We think our house, the house next to our house that I lived in when I was in college got struck by lightning. I opened my eyes to a room that was bright, just like I could see everything. And then it, for like two seconds and then it stopped and it, everyone in the house woke up to it. So the closest thing I could describe it to was like a lightning strike. So, you know, instinctively we were like, did something just happen to the power lines that are in that direction? We kind of looked to see if there was like a fire or anything, like if it caused a fire. I didn't see anything. We didn't like go outside because we're like, I'm not going to get anywhere near that. Right. But we like called maintenance people who are in charge of like our house and they're like okay we'll call consumers energy they called us back like a minute or two later and we're like yeah there's power outages all around where you're at so essentially what happened is something happened to the electrical line just past our house because mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we still had power and just affected like the entire radius around us got affected except for our little house area. So we at least had power, but something took out the power. But it was an electrifying experience. Truly erectifying. Truly. As the great John Travolta would say. Yes. It's erectifying. Very erectifying. So you survived a electrical explosion. I almost lived through a tornado. Yes. So we're having a good week. Yeah. You know, great week. Good times. Yeah. Good times all around. I was just going to yell Yahtzee really loud, but then I just, like, was like, nah, Mm. not worth Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Welcome to Research Rank Repeat. This is co-host Hannah. This is co-host Alyssa. And we are rolling the dice today. Hey, Hannah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Guess who? Guess who? Who, you? (laughs) It's Alfred. Fucking Alfred. It's always Alfred. It's always Alfred. So, we're doing board games today, which there are so many definitions of what is and isn't considered a board game versus just a card game versus a normal game that we try to differentiate between card games and board games, but we do not have a definitive set list for this ranking. Mm-hmm. So it's possible I included something Hannah didn't consider a board game. It's possible she includes something that I didn't consider a board game. So just be aware of that if your favorite board game is not included. We also are only picking games we've played. Mm-hmm. So I know there's board games that people really like or my friends really like that I just haven't played myself, so I can't include it. That was really my only criteria was I had to have played it myself. Yeah, I mean, it's also entirely possible that I forgot about a game. Um, yeah. I felt like I felt like yeah. when I was making this list, there were games I was just forgetting about. And I would say, I mean, we're a huge board game family. Yeah, we probably, for a long period of time, got at least one board game a year, if not more. Mm-hmm. And we played board games very frequently, like maybe at least twice a month. 
like every year growing up. Yeah. If not more than that. Yeah, I mean, when we would go up north, we would play like multiple board games in a weekend. Like it's just... During the summers. Yeah. Lots of board games. It's just always been like a staple in our family. So it's been, it's been weird because I essentially haven't played like any board games during the pandemic. We did play like an online version of a board game um, once, but it's been weird and I'm excited to try to um, get back into it. Yeah, I mean, we have a board game we got for Christmas that we haven't even opened. We got it two Christmases ago. Oh, two Christmases ago, you're right, that we haven't even opened. We just didn't play board games. Yeah. Too sad. Too sad to play board games. For sure. But yeah, it'll be be fun. I think, like, board games, especially just doing, like, a board game night, it's always, like, a fun time. Yeah, I, like, love board games. (laughs) No, I do, too. There's something about the energy, like, if you have a good group of people, the energy you can get while playing board games is just, like, really good. Good vibes all around. Yeah, it was funny. I was um, reading something that board games are supposed to be considered therapeutic, hmm. and I was, like, not in our house because we just no. get so competitive. There's usually screaming. There's usually, when I was younger, flipping of board games of one specific game that is not on my list because yeah we we had a banned game in our household yes we can discuss that once we start getting into it but do you have any background on board games yeah do you no oh (laughs) so the history of board games is actually dates very far back Mm -hmm. um so backgammon which those who aren't familiar it's um a board and it has one piece black one player white if you've ever seen lost that's like backgammon's a big thing in the first season right so that originated in ancient meso wait mesopotamia mesopotamia <laughs> yeah over 5000 years ago the oldest known board game to exist is called Senate. Which is an Egyptian board game. Right. And it's kind of unclear on what the rules are because there's no really documented history, or not, sorry, document, no documented, like, rules and gameplay of it. Yeah, actually, um, I watched a documentary on Netflix a couple weeks ago. It was about archaeologists in Egypt excavating this tomb and they found mm-hmm. a game, a board game of it. It's essentially like a, looks like checkered squares, but it's two rows. And then you have just, like... 15 to 20 pieces and i i can't remember exactly what the rules are or like what the the premise or the base you have to like move spaces and try to like jump over other pieces i think is what they think that it was or something like that yeah but it was found like you said it was found in first dynasty burials of egypt around 3500 to 3100 bc um, so if we're getting more into the United States history of board games, um, they originated around colonial America. The Pilgrims and the Puritans, they frowned on game playing. They thought it was a waste of time. No fun. And they thought dice were instruments of the devil. Oh, lovely. You know, that's fun. Yeah, that's great. So the first game that was published in the U.S. was called Traveler's Tour Through the United States and Europe, and that was in 1822. One of the older games is, it's still around, it's Game of Life. Yes. That was originated in 1860, and it was one of the first U.S. games to focus on secular virtues as opposed to, like, religious, because a lot of the early games were, like, religion-based. Right, yeah. Right. And in um, Game of Life's first year, it sold 40,000 copies, which is actually wow. quite a lot. Yeah, especially for 18, 1860s. 1860s, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the late 1990s are seen as the huge growth of the board game industry when it really started to, like, boom. Mm-hmm. And in 2001, the U.S. board game market was valued at $400 million. Jeez. I read something, too, in 2019 alone there was like over $180 million raised just on Kickstarter because a lot of games now yeah. start on Kickstarter to get like funded. I think um, Cards Against Humanity yeah, started on I Kickstarter. I think that was a Kickstarter game. I think you're right. Um, so I did mention the psychology about board games have been viewed as um, therapeutic in the past. Mm-hmm. I also read that Candyland yes. was designed for children in polio units. Oh, yeah, to bring some bright, colorful things. Right, as like an escape from like their treatment they were getting. And an imagination. The other thing I, I did read, which I thought was interesting, was um, Monopoly mm-hmm. was used uh, back during uh, World War II. 
they would send Monopoly to the U.S. troops, and they would smuggle inside the board games, like, um, information about, like, Nazis in Germany to kind of, like, secretly pass messages along. Interesting. So I thought that was interesting as well. Is Monopoly considered the most popular board game? I would say Monopoly is maybe the most well-known board game. Highest selling board game of all time is actually chess. Okay, that I mean that makes sense. And then Monopoly is fourth. So it's chess, checkers, backgammon, and then Monopoly. Okay. Yep. Alright, cool. I think that's good enough. Uh, just so everyone knows, I would like to now discuss our um, history with Monopoly. Being that we have little to no history with Monopoly. I have certainly played it a few times with other people, but one faded day we were playing Monopoly. <laughs> and um, Hannah got a little, little upset, a little heated. She's very competitive, and she decided to throw the board across the room because she got very angry and then my mom said okay no more monopoly it's banned no throwing board games so no monopoly for you we literally have not played monopoly since that day you were you had you were probably like eight or nine right (laughs) probably yeah so yeah 15 years ago like if i'm being honest even when we used to play like i was never the biggest fan of it the last time I played Monopoly was probably when I was either in high school or college. It's, like, fine. You have to, like, invest into it, you know? Like, you have to be ready to... Because it's a long game, or it can it can yeah. be a long game. I think that's what gets me, is, like, I prefer more of those games that are, like, 45 minutes to an hour that you can play in, you know? Yeah, if, I wanna, if I'm going to play a longer game, I have to be, like, willing to do it. You have to be invested, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So it can be fun um, with the right people. Yeah, but part of the problem is that I would say you and our brother are really competitive <laughs> with board games. I can be, but usually not. I certainly can be, but normally I wouldn't say that I'm the most competitive person. So we had uh, one of our uh, guest hosts, Shannon, from the Mamma yes. Mia episode... I felt bad the first time she played board games with us because oh she's, like, God. very, like, sweet, like, does not get super competitive and all that, and we just, like, tear each other apart. Like, there's no mercy. Like, my mom's been ruthless before. Like, yeah. me and Austin specifically, we get very much heated. My favorite was, I don't remember what we were playing, but mom specifically did something so you couldn't win. It was phase 10. It was phase 10. That's what she, it was. like basically like axed me out on purpose yeah because we i was like i'd rather someone else win than you so we purposely made sure you lost and you were so mad i get very upset we're very heated yeah all right so we can get into it now i'm very interested to see what's on our lists because Mm -hmm. some of these games you don't necessarily play that often so it's hard to like judge them comparatively to each other i agree it's also hard to remember everything because there's so many yeah there's so many right so i i think i went first last time i think you did but i do have an honorable mention okay sure go ahead my honorable mention for board games is the very popular with young girls pretty pretty princess it was a game we played excessively when we were children essentially what it is is you have a board filled with jewelry objects you have earrings you have a necklace you have bracelets you have a crown rings but there's the ill-fated black ring if you get the black ring you cannot win like you you automatically are unable to win unless someone else lands on the black ring and you can give it to them i was gonna say it's essentially like old maid yes but you don't want the old maid you don't want the black ring and essentially what it is is you just you you spin a spinner you go the number of steps and you just collect your own jewelry until you become the pretty pretty princess mm-hmm. and it was a staple in our childhood wouldn't really play it as an adult you know but there were a lot of childhood games i wanted to honorable mention but i thought that was the highest on the list it's interesting you did that because number 10 was actually i kind of did two childhood games as my number 10 can i guess Sure. What I think it is. I think one of them is the Richard Scary's grocery shopping game. Yes. That's one of them. 
Is the other one the Arthur Library game? Yes. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, number 10 is Arthur's Bookstore, and I think it was called The Busiest Shopping Day Ever. It was like Richard Scarry's. That sounds right, um, yes. The only reason I picked these two is just because I have such fond memories of playing both these games a ton as kids. And it was funny because earlier today I just asked mom like what her favorite board games were. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned both of those just because That's she funny. played it so many times with us. Yeah. Arthur's Bookstore was kind of like concentration, which is like you just have to match cards to the books on the shelves it's like a pop-up shelf so Mm -hmm. you like assemble it together and you put the books on the shelf like the library yeah busiest shopping day ever was like a board it's kind of like a board you had to um go through a store and you had to get certain items that match with your card so your card might say you have to get like a ham or like fruit and you have to land on spaces and get those items um and you can't finish the game until you have like your shopping cart full right um, yeah, so those were just, I just have very fond memories. And, like, can we just talk about the fact that Mr. Rapburn's character was so fucking tall? So, oh, yeah, so you also had cut out characters. Like, all the characters. You could be DW, you could be Arthur, you could be Buster. Mr. Rapburn's character model was, like, maybe <laughs> three times the size of everyone else. Yeah. He was so tall. It was insane. <laughs> he was yes. exceptionally tall. So, 10 goes to the childhood games. Yes. Number 10, I have The Game of Life, as we've discussed. This game is interesting because I haven't played it very much, especially as an adult. I haven't played it in a while, but I always really enjoyed it because there's a lot of dynamic things with this game. You have to choose a career, choose a house. A lot of it's chance, a lot of it's luck, and it's just interesting to see, like, how certain people do compared to other people, like just how their their life works out. And it it's not super long, so it's not a huge investment, but it's long enough that it keeps you occupied and entertained. So I've just always really liked life. Yeah, that one was on my list. I ended up cutting it towards the end, but I think it gave me really unrealistic expectations <laughs> for how great my life would turn out. What, you don't get to be a police officer and collect money when people speed? I read, um... Some of the earlier versions, you could end up with a life of poverty or end up in <gasps> prison. Oh my god. Jesus. <laughs> so they uh, got rid of those options. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds like a good idea that they made, I would say. <laughs> oh. So number nine, I went with this game called, I think it's just called America. It's called America, I called it America Game. Okay. So this game was one that our brother got and brought it over. Um, It's actually a really fun game. So basically what it is, is you get a card and it either has like a a place or event or a thing on it. And um, you have to pick, you know, where that thing, place, event happened, what state. And then you have to pick like around what year it occurred. And then they ask a question about like, um, a number statistical question related to it. Right. Like the number of, I'm just going to do, it wouldn't be a question like this, but how many Great Lakes are there around Michigan? Right. And you like have to go on this sliding scale and like pick a number. Right. So each turn you get, you can either pick a state, you can pick a year, you can pick a number. And what you're right. trying to do is you're trying to get as close or exactly right as possible you can. Um, you get extra chips. So if you think, like, let's say you don't know what state it occurs, but you know around where it is, you would want to pick as many states that touch that state and get the most points. Right. Um, so it's kind of like a, not like a wager game, but kind of like a closest answers also can get you points kind of thing. Right. Because some of it's knowledge-based because it's U.S. history oriented, but some of it's also like chance. Um, because also if you don't get anything right, you lose your extra chips. Right. So then you have to think about that as well. Correct. So number nine, I have guess who. Mm. Now this might be the most competitive I get in a board game is guess who. It's one of the only board games I played during the pandemic. Hannah and I had a a board game session maybe in like April. Yeah. April or May. You came to visit me and essentially because everything was closed, we just, a couple soft parades, played some Guess Who, and it got like intense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I ended up winning that round, but there was one time we played a slew of board games and you beat me five times in a row. 
Yes. It was just endless defeat. Like I, you just, one time you just guessed with like seven people left. You're like, well, I got nothing to lose. And then you guessed the right person. And I was so upset. It was a sad time in my life, but uh, very competitive, but it is, it keeps things interesting because it really is dependent on the questions you ask. You could ask a really terrible question. I should probably also mention what the basis of Guess Who is in case you've forgotten. So you have a board with a bunch of people on it with different physical description or uh, physical characteristics. Uh, Very sexist and not very diverse in characters, I will say. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot less women than there is men. It's a lot of white people. Very skewed towards the old people as well. <laughs> you know? There's a lot of old people. So they're not, um, what is it, ages? Ages? They're not ages, yeah. So essentially what you do is you are given a character and the other person's given a character and you have to try to guess who that character is. So you have to ask questions like you could ask like color of their hair, you could ask the size of their nose, you could do, you know, are they a man or a woman? You And you can get creative with it too. Like, do they have earrings? Do they have thicker than eyebrows? And so you just go until you're able to guess. You're whittled down until you're able to make an accurate guess about who someone is. So it can get very heated. Yeah. Um, number eight, I went with Sorry, specifically the Disney version. That was, would have been my number 10 if I didn't have life. I was, again, I was like, it's specifically, if I'm going to pick it, it's going to be the Disney version. Yes. And mom said to say that that is her favorite board game. Okay. Good to know. The Sorry. So basis of Sorry basically is you get a board, your goal is to get all your players into the home safe base. Uh, basically you do that by drawing cards. It gives you a number of places to move. The Disney version is a bit more like you get, you can either be villains, you can be heroes, you can be the princesses. There's the princesses and the animals. Right. And, you know, some of the cards will be like, you can draw three cards, you get to pick one of them. Um, Some of them you can move players directly to home. If you draw sorry, you basically get to take someone else's player and move them all the way back to the beginning of the board. Um, I just think that it's fun. I think... It's one of those games where it's not relatively complex. It's not very, like, you don't really have to think a lot when you're playing, which yeah. is nice sometimes. And it's usually a shorter game, but it's one of those, like, classic games that you can play, and I don't think it ever really gets that old. Yeah, I would agree with that. For number eight, I have the Mexican train game. So, essentially what this game is, is you have dominoes with numbers ranging from 1 to I think 12. Does that Uh, seem right? I think it's 1 to 12. And essentially what you do is you have to form a train with your dominoes and you have to match numbers together. So you have to like if one side has like a 1 and one side has a 3 you have to match like the 3 needs to match with another 3 and another domino. So you have to be able to strategize if other people are unable to play off their own trains, you can play off of their train. You can start new trains. If you have the right numbers, you can make an additional train that anyone can play off of. So it's a lot of strategy, but it's also just kind of like luck as well. Because it's just completely random what numbers you're going to get and what um, dominoes you're going to get. Plus the version we had, you get to press a button when you have one domino left and it makes train train noises. We always really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Plus, it comes in a metal briefcase, and like, I mean, it makes you feel really cool. You got like a giant briefcase, like you're in Deal or No Deal, you know, so about to unearth that million dollars. Right. Um. So number seven. This is just a favorite of mine because of it's pub trivia. See, I wasn't sure if that counted as a board game mm-hmm. because there's no board. That's true. So I didn't count it, but I thought about it. Okay. Basically, pub trivia is is what it sounds like. It's essentially trivia cards. Um, You can do it in teams. You can go by yourself and you're asked a series of questions. The person who gets the most questions right each round, there's different categories, uh, wins. Whoever has the most points at the end is essentially the winner. We as a family like really like trivia games. Mm -hmm. We play a lot of trivia games. I prefer that to, like, Trivial Pursuit, because I think Trivial Pursuit is really difficult. 
uh, depending on what version you use. Like we, because we have one at home that's like from the 80s maybe, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of those questions I never could even answer. Right. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth in that too because I was like, I don't know if it is, but at the end of the game, the day at at the end of the day, I was like, I I guess it's considered a board game. Right. But I guess that's one of those ones that could be could go either way. Yeah, I for me because that's definitely one of the games we've played the most in more mm-hmm. recent years. We play pub trivia a lot, and I think we played it during the pandemic actually because again, you didn't need a board, so it's just kind of answering mm-hmm. trivia questions. If I was going to count it, it would definitely be on my list. Speaking of trivia, for number seven, I have 20 questions. A classic game. Now, I was trying to think of which edition, because they made a more modern edition with more modern questions, but I kind of like the old one, to be completely honest. It was made in, I think, like the 80s, maybe? Mm -hmm. And so, I think that adds an added level of difficulty difficulty to it because some of the people for instance are people you may not know especially as a child because this is one we played a lot up north and it's good for both like kids and adults because generally you're just asking questions picking numbers 1 through 20 and getting clues about you know person place thing a year and you just have to be able to narrow it down to find an answer Um, I like it because you can guess more than once. You know, you're not limited to just one guess. You can guess once a turn if you wanted to. And it just, like, adds a lot of variety because you don't know what you're going to get. You know, it could be, I think, like, Bugs Bunny was one of the ones I remember. Mm -hmm. Or it could be, you know, a place. It could be, like, Berlin. Or it could be the year of 1970 or something like that. Part of it's trivia-based. Like, can you figure it out based on what information they're giving you but some of it's also just luck sometimes you can get like the question that just is like skip your turn and then you get screwed over of a turn Mm -hmm. so it's always fun always a fun one but i i for some reason the old one is more nostalgic to me than the new one yeah number six i want 20 questions as well and i agree with you i think we played the older one a lot more the newer one i agree it it got a lot easier once you knew a lot more of the people um, I think the older one, too, is just, it's better for a wider range of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we it was just one of those games we would play all the time. It's It can be a really long game, and it can also be a really quick game, just really depending on how well people know the cards or, you know, just by luck sometimes, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It, it makes you think. And it we used to play it when you're younger, too, so you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be, like, older to play. Right. Or we do teams. Or we do teams, yeah. Yeah. We used to do teams a lot, just pair up younger and older people together, so. So you'd have a better chance. Yeah, it's fun. A range of ages. Mm -hmm. So for number six, I have the America game that you had earlier on your list. And I really like it because it offers a trivia, but also it allows you to kind of have to do wagering, wagering your chips, you know, figuring out how you want to do things. You can also screw people over by picking, like, one directly before them or directly after them in terms of years or in terms of numbers. So you can try to, like, if someone's in the lead, you're like, okay, let's cut them off here so that way they can't get, you know, next to the point. And otherwise, I think you kind of said everything else about it that needs to be said. All right, number five, which is the game I have played the least, is Ticket to Ride. Okay. Um, which we played with Austin, and I played it one other time with um, some coworkers. So I actually have never played Ticket to Ride. Oh, really? I wasn't there at the time we played it. Oh, okay. You d- That's right. I was, like, looking at it, and I know so many people who love this game and have played mm-hmm. this game, and I was trying to think about it, and I was like, I know you guys have played it, and Austin has it, but I just don't think I was there yeah. when you played it, like, thinking about it. Yeah, so basically for people who don't know, Ticket to Ride is kind of like an adventure action game. Um, Essentially the premise is it's like a train adventure and you're trying to build railroad routes across like a map. Um, So you have to collect matching trains to build these tracks and and the longer your routes are, the more points you get. So it's a lot of strategy based. You know, I was kind of, this game I guess is kind of a little bit comparable to like Settlers of Catan. Mm -hmm. which a game that I've only played like one time. I didn't really feel like I could put that on my list. Same. Yeah. But yeah, this game, I've only played it a couple times, but every time I've played it, I've really enjoyed it. I would say though, it's one of those games where you have to be more invested in it. 
Right, because it definitely can go on longer and it's it's more like I said, you have to really kind of plan out and plan your route out and everything like that. So Right. Um, so n- number five, I have wits and wagers. Mm. And you might need to refresh me on exactly how you play, but essentially you are given a board with a dry erase marker and you are given a question about so basically, you know, you're given like, let's say, what percentage of people in the world have a dog in their house? Um, every player has their individual whiteboard and they essentially write down like, let's say I think it's like 55%. Alyssa thinks it's like 40%. So everyone writes down their answer on a whiteboard and then you lay all your whiteboards out um, by number order. So there's automatically a zero. And then you wager on your numbers. Right. So each player gets a high bet and a low bet. So basically, the one you feel most confident about, you would put that bet on, you can put it on anyone's card. It doesn't have to be your own. Whatever you think the closest to the actual answer is. Whoever's closest to the actual answer gets points, and then whoever wagered closest also gets extra points. You cannot be above the answer. Right. Like, it, let's say one, if someone had like 48% and someone had 44%, if it's above 44%, the 48 would automatically win. Right, correct. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of like the same thing where it's like some knowledge base, but also it's completely like you just got to be smart about your wagering. Right. Be like, what do I think it is? And go from there. Yeah, that the reason I noob so much is because number five was Woods and Wagers. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think it also says a lot about... Or sorry, no, that's not five. Number four. Four, Number four. sorry. I'm yeah. yeah, getting confused. Um, I think it says a lot about our family, too, how much we like to gamble and, like, wager on things. Yeah, I would say we don't have a gambling problem. No. No, we definitely don't. That was a joke. I Just to be clear, I was joking. Okay. We don't, we, no one in my family has a gambling problem. Not that we uh, know. Very, very good gambling. You know, very yeah. smart gamblers. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like a fun, a fun game. It It's one of those games too, where you don't have to play that long necessarily. Right. Um, you can kind of, if you want to just play like 30 minutes, you can play 30 minutes. Like you can kind of do what you, you what time you want to do. I did want to mention, I actually had an honorable mention I forgot about. Oh, okay. So real quick, I'm going to say Geo Safari Game of the States. Yes. Um, which was essentially like a, the board was a map of the United States and your goal is to get to as many states as you can by um, answering trivia questions correctly. Right. We played that game like three years ago. We went through the entire deck of cards. <laughs> we went through the entire deck. And there's like 200 cards. Yeah. So it's a fun game. Anyways, but yes. So Wits and Wagers is number four. So number four, I have categories. And this is another one I, like, went back and forth on whether it counts as a board game or not. But essentially what categories is, is you are given a list of things and you must answer the question with the same letter. So you'll roll a dice. It's a like a 26-sided die that has every letter of the alphabet on it. You roll it. Whatever that letter is, that's how you have to answer the question. Actually, I take it back. I don't think it has Q or, like, X or, like, letters that would be hard to answer with it has most of the the normal letters though but you are tasked with a list of 10 things and you have to pick an answer that has the first letter included so your goal though is you do not want to match with anyone else you want to have an independent answer because if you have the same answer as someone else it doesn't count like you don't get points so you want to try to be creative and come up with answers that are individual this one was always fun because you get to be very creative. You're under a time limit, so there's like a time constraint, but you have to like really think about things and you have to think about what other people are going to say. Mm-hmm. So it adds a lot of like um, an element of like trying to outwit other people, which is fun. Right. Yeah, I actually like, I was really torn on categories. Like I, I love that game, but I didn't end up putting it on my list. Mm-hmm. Number three, I went with Clue. I love Clue. I have a suspicion it will come up again because I know how you feel about Clue. You'd be correct. Right. Essentially, Clue is like a murder mystery game. Um, There's been a murder and you are the suspect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So essentially, you know, you're given like five or six cards and they can either be locations, they can be characters, or they can be murder weapons. And so from those cards, you know automatically that those cannot be the items, people, places that were involved in this murder. 
So there's one character, one murder weapon, one room. And your goal is to try to figure out what three cards are in that envelope. Right. And so it's kind of a lot of, like, paying attention to what other people are asking about. Um, A lot of strategy. And it it feels really high stakes because if you guess wrong at any point, you're just out of the game. Like, you just lose. You guess wrong, you're out. Like Right. So it's kind of all about timing. Like, you don't want to guess too early, but you also don't want to wait too long before someone else's guesses correctly. So I think it just feels really high stakes. I just think it's fun. It's, I love those kind of, like, trying to... um, like narrow down and trying to figure out like who was involved it just reminds me of like spy like nancy drew shit like it's Mm -hmm. just fun yeah i would agree we'll we'll hear about that again i would assume so so number three i have code names so code names is one of the newer games that we played like it's a newer edition i've only played it a few times but once you know how to play the game, it is maybe, like, one of my favorite games I've played. Mm-hmm. The reason it's not higher than three, though, is because I just haven't played it that much. And essentially what the game is, is you are given a board of words. There's, I think, six, 20? There's, like, 25 words laid out. It's a five-by-five five, um, board Grid. where essentially you yeah. lay out um, 25 words and you are on a team with at least one person, but it could be more than one person. And you um, have a sheet that shows you what cards are for your team. And there's also cards for the another team. And essentially what your goal is, is you're trying to link words together to get people to guess certain words. And you can only say one word. So let's say like you have a pumpkin, a ghost, and a... Uh, a skeleton mm-hmm. and you could say the word halloween three and they their goal is to pick three words that relate to halloween now there's also one word that is the or like the bad word if you if anyone picks that word you automatically lose yeah. like the game's over so you're you cannot pick a word that you think could relate to that because you don't want them to pick it mm-hmm. there's also words that are just like neutral words where if you accidentally pick those words your turn ends but nothing happens like you don't lose points or anything and so it's a very like again a very strategy based game because if you're giving these clues you have to try to think will this person be able to determine what i'm asking or what i want from them based on this word which is why hannah and i can't generally be on the same team playing this because we had the best board game moment of my entire life I would I was gonna say it's definitely the the greatest comeback board game moment we've ever had. And um essentially we were down probably five or six points in going into the final round. So we had you know, my dad was on our team as well, so he basically had to give us a word that would somehow match all five of these words, which really didn't have a lot to do with each other. Right. And um so he ended up saying Jarts. Jarts, which is like lawn darts. And so we were able to pick out four or four out of the five just kind of by, you know, process of elimination. And there was probably maybe 10 words left on the board. And so I have this theory that if you say one, two, three, and you both say a word at the same time and it matches, we just automatically have to go with that word. Yes. So I say one, two, three. We both somehow pick the same word out of those 10 words. It ends up being the right word. We win the game. It's so funny because I have never seen Shannon so upset. Yeah. So Shannon, it was Shannon, my brother, and my mom. And generally, like, my mom and Shannon are pretty, like, calm with games. They yeah. both got upset. Austin, like, lost oh, his mind. he was so mad. And it's it's maybe, like, probably one of the greatest moments <laughs> that we've ever had in family. Adren- like, the adrenaline was so yeah. high. We were so excited. Right. But, yeah, you can't put us together because, like, we, we get it. Yeah. We got that telepathy going. So number two, I went with Balderdash, but I didn't pick the, there's an original one that just has definitions. Um, The version I'm referring to is a newer one. Essentially, you get a card and there's a word. You have to try and guess what the definition of it is. There's a person listed. You kind of have to try and guess what they're famous for. There's a movie title. You have to try and write down what you think the description or the plot of the movie is. Um, an abbreviation, which you have to guess what the abbreviation stands for, and then a law. Is that a 
Yeah, it's the beginning of a law, right? It's like in in Maine, it's illegal to blank, and then you have to try and finish what you think the law is. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, every person writes down, kind of makes up their own answer, and the person who's in control writes down the actual correct answer. You mix them all together, you read off all these answers, and your goal is to try and guess what the actual correct answer is out of all these fake answers and a real answer. And then the person who's like the judge also has to assign who they think wrote each one. If you get the correct answer, you also get extra points. And essentially you just leave that out. Like that gets left out and you only read it once. Because sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Where like, especially with the abbreviation, sometimes you just can nail the abbreviation. Right. Um, I think that I like it because there's a lot of creativity involved. It's also maybe led to some of the funniest game moments we've ever had. Just, like, what people have written down. Um, I think of Bonzetti. Bonzetti, the cousin of confetti. Right. Like, it's just a lot of really good moments. Um, One time my mom wrote the most amazing (laughs) movie description I've ever heard in my life. It was, like, the murderer, his wife. <laughs> right. She like really got into it. It, it allows yeah. players to be creative. It's fun, especially it's a lot more fun when you know the people pretty well that you're playing with because it's easier to guess who wrote what answer if you know people well. But yeah, it's just fun. It's also fun to try and figure out what the correct answer is because some of these stuff is like these def- these words I would never know what the definition is or like and sometimes people write really good answers that it mm-hmm. makes you think it's the correct answer. So right. it, it's interesting. It's a really fun game. Yeah, we finally have a match. I also have Balderdash as number two. And again, the same version with multiple and not just the word. Right. Like you said, I think this game has led to some of the... Just like this game makes you laugh so much. Mm -hmm. Just because of how ridiculous some of these answers are. Especially the movie ones where you give the movie description. Because some people get so into it. There was one I remember. It was like... Um, about like a car race or something and some people took it in like a racing direction like about a track someone did like a cars one they're like Mm -hmm. lightning mcqueen (laughs) is back in like this crazy thing and then some people went in like a completely other direction and it's just like so create yeah like you said it's so creative it allows for so much fun I like it's just a lot of fun and it's also like you have to really think about it you're like does this sound like something this person would write or do I think it's the real answer mm-hmm. so it's like part of it's deception but part of it's also just like just like I think I've probably this is the game I've like cried laughing a yeah. couple times on occasions I think it's fun too because like there's really no rules within writing your own you know what I mean you right can write you really can just whatever do you whatever want. you want yeah, yeah. You're welcome to just write anything and everything. Yeah. So I haven't played it in a couple of years, mm-hmm. I think. Um, definitely yeah. one, ones I would like to play this year now that things are allowed right. to happen again. Um. So number one is Codenames. If I'm talking about a game that's currently my favorite board game, and maybe probably one of my favorite board games I've played, it's definitely Codenames. There's a bit of a learning curve, which you mentioned. It's a bit tricky trying i remember the first time we've all played it together Mm -hmm. no one had played it we were kind of like okay it was really slow we had to do a practice round and we taught our cousin how to play the online one yeah but once you pick it up it's really it's so much fun because it's really a lot of like trying you also have to think about the people you're playing with right and how will they interpret this word i say you really have to be mindful of the words on the board um you have to be really strategic and it's just one of those games where it's not one of those games where you can sit and just, like, passively play. Right. Like, you really have to yeah. be invo- involved in it, and I think it leads to you being really invested mm-hmm. because it's just... It's also another high-stakes game because if you guess the one word, it just ends the entire game. So it's, it is high-stakes as well. But, yeah, it's it's fun, and like you mentioned, it was the greatest uh, greatest moment in our board game history. Occurred Almost during that certainly. Game. Yeah. Yeah, so number one mentioned earlier, it's Clue. And the reason I put Clue as number one is because I have as much fun playing Clue now as an adult than uh, the same as I did when I was a child. Like, Mm -hmm. it continues to be a fun game that I've played, like, throughout my entire life. And I can't really say that all about some of the games that I played when I was younger versus now. Like, for instance, Sorry. Sorry is one of those games I loved when I was a kid, but it's just not as good to me now. 
mm-hmm. um, just in terms of like the difficulty and stuff. But Clue is fun because it's all about deception and just trying to figure out, you know, solve a mystery. And like you said, like I love Nancy Drew. Like I always loved like that kind of mystery element. Um, and so this allows you to try to figure out what other people are trying to, um, what they have, because sometimes people can be deceptive. They could be asking about the same item, not because they think it's the item, but because they have that item. So, like, that's, like, one of the tactics I do is I sometimes throw in a card I have because then I know someone can't give me a certain card. So it's a very fun strategy game, but it's also not too hard. Like, you don't need to get super invested, like, for instance, like, code names to be able to play the game and have fun. So for me, it's just uh, number one. Yeah. Let's uh, run through them really quick. Okay. So number 10, I had um, Arthur's Bookstore slash The Busiest Shopping Day Ever. Number nine, I had The America Game. Number eight was Sorry, specifically the Disney version. Number seven, I had Pub Trivia. Number six, 20 Questions. Number five, Ticket to Ride. Four, Wits and Wagers. Three, Clue. Two, Balderdash. And one, Code Names. I also just realized we have the same top three. Yeah. Which is just fun. mixed. Yeah. So number 10, I have Life. Number nine, I have Guess Who. Eight, I have The Mexican Train Game. Seven, I have 20 Questions. Six, I have the America game, five wits and wagers, four categories, three code names, two balderdash, one clue. I'm not really surprised that our top three are pretty similar because when I wrote down my list of contenders, those were the first three I wrote down. Like pretty, yeah, those three were the first three. And then, you know, the fact that we have a couple different, I'm not surprised, but there were always games in our house. We definitely were more favorites, the ones we would play a lot more often. So yeah. I actually wrote Balderdash as number one initially, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, Clue. And I'm yeah. like, oh. So then I had to erase it and put it at number two. Yeah, I assumed Clue would be your number one. Yeah. Because you used to love that game when we were kids. Like, Yeah, yeah. it was it was definitely my favorite when I was a kid as well. Right. So it's one of those things that just like held up or has held up over time. Yeah. And that leads us into, we mentioned last week. Yes. About a potential giveaway. Yeah. Okay, so this week we are doing a giveaway. Yes. Um, Basically how it's going to work is you can either go on Instagram, um, you can go to our Twitter, or if you don't have either, you could email us as well. Right. So what you're going to do is Twitter, Instagram, just direct message us. Uh, If you email, just send us, you know, message. And you have to use the secret word in order for us to know that it's, we want a listener to actually win. We don't want a random person on the internet to win. Right. Because anyone could go on our Instagram and just comment on it if we were just like, comment on this to win. And we want one of the people who actually uh, appreciates us or we appreciate their support. So we would like them to win and not a random person. Yep. So the secret word you're going to enter is Jenga. Jenga, the uh, the popular wooden board knocking over pile game. Yes. Jenga, um, that is J-E-N-G-A. G-A. Just in case yeah. you need the spelling. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll give people a couple weeks. We know some of our listeners um, listen more a couple episodes in a row, so they don't right. listen as often. So we'll, we'll give them maybe like a couple weeks or a month. Yeah, maybe at the end of August we will, yeah. Yeah, and I think what we'll do is... Um, whoever enters will put all their names in, pick a name out, and then whoever wins will contact. Yeah, random drawing for it. Yeah, we'll contact whoever wins and ask them which game they would like and we'll send you that game. Yes. Um, and then also, we will be taking a brief hiatus. But do not fret. So we will be taking a hiatus from our regular scheduled episodes. We um, have reached a point where we are out of content. We've caught up. We need some time to recuperate, do some things. We have a, a like a long form movie series planned in the next coming weeks. We, we have ideas, but we just need some time to be able to record and, you know, prepare ourselves for those. So we will be releasing episodes though, while we are gone. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, if you listened to one of our episodes a few weeks back, I don't remember which one we discussed it in, but I think we... it was James Bond. Was it James Bond? Okay, then probably a lot of people didn't listen to it. So essentially what we discussed is that early on in our podcast, like 
essentially a year ago is when we recorded these. We did recordings to the Legend of Korra television show. And we talked about every single season and we ranked every single season of that show. We never released it because we could never find a way to cut it down that it wouldn't be excessively long. And we know that it's not as accessible to people as, for instance, Pixar is. So we just didn't want to release two huge movie or show like chunked episodes back to back. So we kept pushing it off and putting it off and then we just never released the episodes. So what we're going to do is we're going to release the episodes over the next coming weeks. We're not really going to edit them down. We're going to keep them essentially with what we had recorded. And if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. We don't care if you don't listen to these. We just want to put them out because we have them and we just don't know what to do with them. So that will be three weeks of August. And then the end of August, we're just going to kind of do a fun like game. Uh, We have a couple different game ideas of stuff we want to do. Right. And just do like a fun discussion game episode. Yeah. So if you want to know more about about our our trash opinions. Right. Right. we're going to be doing that at the end of the month. Yeah. So if you if you have no interest in the episodes that are coming up, that's totally fine. Just know that we'll be releasing new episodes at the end of August. Yeah, so if you if you just want to skip it, our next episode will be September 1st would be the going back to our actual um regular uh ranking episodes. Yes. Would be September 1st. 3 weeks or is it 4 yeah. weeks? 3 Two weeks, weeks of Cora will be Legend of Korra. It's on Netflix if you've never seen it and want to watch it. Um, it does follow the show Avatar The Last Airbender, so if you haven't seen that, you can probably still watch Korra, but it definitely is very helpful to have seen the original right. show. So, I mean, I would recommend the shows anyway, so yeah. if you want to watch them, to, to watch our episodes, you can. If you don't want to but still want to listen to them, you could do that too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we will be back in September with regular episodes. Again, the uh, giveaway we'll we'll do probably until September. Um, but yeah, so you know you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us. That's it. That is it. That's a wrap. Uh, as um, as they would say in board games, you lose. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Because you must be the monopoly guy. <laughs> Hey, Bye. thanks for the free parking. <laughs> God. Okay, we need to go. All right, bye. We would like to thank Joseph McDade for our intro music. He provides free music available for all kinds of creative use. The song that we used is called Sunrise Expedition, and you can find it and his other music on his website, josephmcdade.com. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at r3podcasts at gmail.com. That's R, the number three, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram by searching Research Rank Repeat.